Well, as a pastor, I do a lot of weddings. Um, And I don't mean to brag, but people tell me I do a good wedding. (laughs) My ceremony is usually this combination of reverence for the moment, but also humor at the venture of marriage itself. I like to hold these things closely together because there's nothing more uh, difficult than a full-time relationship, and there's nothing more humorous than the notion that we can perfect that relationship, which is interesting because weddings are all about perfection, see? And I enter in and destroy all that with jokes and one-liners and all that sort of stuff, and yet holding together the solemn uh, nature of the moment. Now, I often meet with the couple a few times before the wedding to go over stuff about um, marriage and about the expectations and and, uh, the invoice. (laughs) I'm kidding, I don't take money for weddings. Um, And not every couple does this, but I do love it when I ask the question about how they typically handle arguments and struggles and disagreements. And one of them says something like, oh, we we never really argue. Which is usually said by the person who wins all the arguments, see? (laughs) When we went to premarital counseling, my wife and I, we were told that learning how to disagree and how to argue, these were really important things to develop. And this was really good advice because I married a Midwestern Irish girl. And to quote Bruce Springsteen, the Irish come through the doors, hearts and fists first, see? (laughs) U2 is her favorite band. I think we all know this, but all of our deeply formed relationships have this familiarity with conflict and tension and struggle. Someone told me once that community is that moment after the dust has settled from a conflict or an argument or a profound disagreement, and you see that that person is still there, still around, still next to you, still committed to you and your well-being, that that is community. Because relationships don't often flourish apart from struggle. The the avoidance of real conflict and real questions and real burdens can really just create this surface level, this facade of peace. But as you know, love and friendship and partnership, they all develop most and they are forged the most in the valleys that we go through. And when we're talking about our relationship with God, the same is true. Sometimes faith is a conflict with God. It's a struggle with God. Now, you may have grown up in a church setting where that was not allowed to be said or heard or believed, that you just served God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and what that did not include was struggle. But everybody knows this, that faith is sometimes a conflict with God. It's not immune to struggle. There are times that all of us end up wrestling with God. And the question I've gotten through the years as a pastor is something to the effect of, is it okay to be at odds with God? Is it okay to end up in a fight with God? It's the questions I've gotten from people. And my question to you is, when was the last time that you found yourself in a conflict with God, that you weren't happy 
with God, like a divine wrestling match between you and God. When was the last time that you found yourself in that situation? I don't mean that you ignored God because you disagreed with something that you read in the Bible, whatever. I'm talking about a very genuine, tense argument, engagement with God over something that was really upsetting and troubling to you. You're struggling through some realities that are heavy and difficult. When was the last time that happened for you? It could be the struggle of unanswered prayer. Has anybody experienced that? Please say yes, thank you. That's a big one. You've been praying for something or someone for so long and it's just quiet and that can be a real struggle. Uh, For some of you it might be there just still remains this unresolved pain between you and your family. It's never been fixed, and it feels like it never will be fixed. It's a very big struggle. We've said this each week in this run of teachings, but just the continual stream of losses and setbacks can be a source of wrestling with God. From work to friendships to love, loss, or something that's happening in the world. I mean, this is a big one. When we see injustice, when we see pain, when we see suffering, it can cause us, uh, especially those of us who may not be going through these things, it causes us to ask really tough questions of God. Is it okay to be at odds with God? Well, the answer is yes. And most remarkably uh, is that God seems to welcome the tension He's okay with that, in part or in full, because this is a relationship that we're in with God. We're not employees that need to unionize to be heard. Amen? God's door is always open for us to come in and to voice our burdens and our struggles and our heartaches and our complaints. Like, this is an open door thing. We don't have to band together and protest to be heard. God welcomes these things. I love the lyrics to the song, Hey Jesus, uh, by Emily Sellers. She writes, Hey Jesus, it's me, I'm sorry. I don't remember all I said. I had a few too many. And they went straight to my head. And it made me feel like I could argue with God. But you know it's easy for you. You've got friends all over the world. You've had the whole world waiting for your birth. And now... I got nobody, and I don't know what my life's worth. Because when I die and I get up to your doors, I don't even know if you're going to let me in the place. How come I got to die to get a chance to talk to you face to face? Sometimes faith is a conflict with God. And our reading for this morning is one of the more foundational stories that illustrates this very real human experience of wrestling and conflict with God. The story of Jacob wrestling with God through the night. You've heard this story before. I mean, I just read it, but you heard it before maybe. It's, it's a short episode inside of a larger storyline about a troubled soul and a broken man. Jacob, uh, the younger of twins, his twin brother is Esau. Jacob is kind of the Old Testament version of the younger brother in Jesus' parable of the prodigal son. The storylines are the same. 
Like the young boy in the parable that Jesus told, Jacob betrays his father and swindles out his brother's inheritance. And he runs off with all of his stuff for what would be years of compounded recklessness. In the parable of the prodigal son, Jesus said of the boy, he squandered his property in dissolute living. Theologian Eugene Peterson says there, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. This is the story of Jacob. And the prodigal son found himself, in the story Jesus told, the prodigal son found himself in this very dislocated life. And after a series of struggles with no wins, he's not winning, he decides to return home and to work things out. I mean, just, it's most of Genesis. Just, you can read it. It's like, he steals the money, he goes away, he marries multiple women, one he doesn't like, one he does. There's all these kids. If you heard the story, there's 11 of them. I mean, this guy's off the rails. And uh, just setback after setback after setback. He's a deceitful person. It's not as if the world is against Jacob. He's very much also a part of the process of his own brokenness. Uh, All you gotta do is read it. But at some point, like the prodigal son, Jacob decides, I gotta go home. And he too decides to return to work things out with his brother Esau to make amends. But it's terrifying for him. Earlier in the story, we find Jacob's desperate prayer, just backing up into the text, asking God, begging God to provide a way of peace between him and his brother Esau. He says, deliver me, please, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I am afraid of him. Jacob walked home on a very difficult and hard road. And on the night before he is to meet his brother, Jacob has to first meet his God. Now, The writer leaves out all of these details that you and I are most interested in. Like, who is it that Jacob is wrestling with? And why does the opponent of Jacob have to leave before daybreak, like a hocus-pocus situation? What does it mean that Jacob won the fight? That's weird. And what's the deal with the opponent cheating and knocking out Jacob's hip out of his own socket. It's the karate kid moment in the story. Sweep the leg, you see? Why do all these things happen? Well, the writer doesn't tell us. There's ambiguity in the story. One way you can read, especially in the Old Testament when you come across these things where all these questions come in but they're not answered in the text, it is a way that the writers would draw us to what matters in the story and keep us from these other questions. And so sometimes all these questions are great, but the writer isn't interested in those. The ambiguities actually help make sense of the story. It makes it more relatable because the writer only deals in the moments and in the outcomes, not in the nuts and bolts of the details, lest we lose our grip on what it means. And the writer says that Jacob was left Alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Now, we learn later in the story that the most plausible figure here is God, or some intense form of God's presence. And Jacob is in a struggle with God. And the struggle happens when Jacob is alone. This is a feature that 
the writer wants us to see. Something of a crucial thing for us to feel. As there are times when you and I just have to have it out with God on our own. The noise of all of our friends, all of the things we know, all of the voices surrounding our faith, sometimes those have to hit pause. And it's just you and God in the most personal of ways. See, Jacob is on his way to a new place in his life. I know this because I've read ahead. And this wrestling is a kind of doorway into that new place. It's ultimately a doorway into a new relationship with God. He has to go through this before he can move on to the next thing. The wrestling is the transitional experience from something old to something new, and it's personal, and it's isolated, and it's lonely. When I look back on all the various struggles that I've had with God through the years, many of these were, in fact, doorways into new phases of my relationship with God. The connection that I had with God after these wrestlings, these experiences, was different than before. Not negatively, just different. Just like when you and I go through tensions and struggles with the people we love, the humans that we love, the relationship changes. And if everyone's still around and still loving each other, sometimes it's stronger and better. But I definitely have had those experiences where they, these wrestlings were doorways into new phases in my relationship with God, letting go of old ways of thinking, old ways of reading the Bible or understanding its words, learning to, for me, accept the illness that I have and the struggle that comes with that. That's hard, you see. Trust me, God and I have had conversations all the time about this. And learning to accept that is a wrestling. Or I think for all of us, you can relate to this, but learning to develop an openness to forgive people and to extend grace to people, that's a wrestling match. Grace is a very, and forgiveness is a very, these are very offensive ideas that we would let someone off the hook that we would embrace our enemy. These are all things that we are told not to do. And yet, the gospel sits there as an irritation, saying these are things that we must embrace, and an openness to become more forgiving and more gracious to people is a very difficult wrestling match. Amen? These are not things that you can learn academically in Sunday school. These are hard-fought transitions of personal struggle. I mean, you can learn them academically. You can learn everything on paper, you see. My daughter wants to play volleyball, so she's been YouTubing lessons. And we're like, oh, man. So I brought her to the volleyball court. We have a volleyball court, by the way. Our church says, maybe you've asked, whose volleyball court is that? It's ours. Do you guys ever play on it? No. Uh, but I brought her here and like all the things that she saw on the YouTube tutorials, they didn't work, <laughs> you know. 
Oh, she'll get there. She's, you know, she was adopted. As my wife says, she's, she didn't have any prenatal care. She's tough. She's a fighter. See, <laughs> she'll get through. But these are not things that you just learn on paper. These are hard-fought, personal experiences. And I'm sure that you have your list as well. Wrestling with God is something we, uh, is how we often grow and flourish in our faith. And it often happens alone. But the most compelling part of this story for me is how Jacob leaves the scene as an injured man. The writer says, when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him in the hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. At the end of the story, it says the sun rose upon him limping because of his hip. Now, we don't know what it was that Jacob was wrestling God over. We can assume some things based on the story of his life. There's gotta be a lot of everything in there. But what we do learn is that Jacob emerges from the conflict having been blessed, having been given a new name, Israel, uh, a new identity, but also a new walk. He walks differently now. Everybody in here is too young to remember the comedian Sinbad. Maybe a few of you. Thank you. But he has this great stand-up special in the 90s called Afros and Bell Bottoms. You gotta watch it. Uh, I think it's all on YouTube now. But he has this whole section in there about like young versus old. And when you're young, you like hurt your leg and you just get up and move on. But when you're older and you hurt your leg, you just learn to walk differently, right? You just walk differently. This is how I walk now because of uh, some injury or something like that. Jacob emerges from the scene with a new walk. He emerges from the conflict, a changed man. He limps along this image of the remains of a struggle with God. For the rest of Jacob's days, he lives with this reminder of his deeply personal and honest relationship that he has with God. He's injured in a way. In an Old Testament class that I took in seminary, the professor prayed on the very first day of class. And I'll never forget what he said uh, at the end of his prayer because I wrote it down as soon as he said Amen, but he was talking about engaging with the scripture and dealing with the difficulties that come with that and learning and growing and all of that. And he closed his prayer by saying, Lord, let us be changed even though we may be injured. Referencing this story. We are changed, but we bear the marks of that change. Wrestling with God always leaves a mark. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything. That is how the light gets in. Leonard Cohen. Paul says something similar well before Leonard Cohen. He writes, but we have this treasure in what? clay jars, jars of clay, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not 
destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. Faith does not leave us unscathed. And this thing that we have with God, all of our days will leave marks of growth and struggle. And we will be injured along the way. Everyone's faith takes a hit. At some point, everyone's faith breaks. We all end up in a struggle with God over things that are hurting us or that we want changed. And God welcomes that encounter. But I want to leave you with this. These wrestlings with God, they are not reversals of fortunes, but they are ways forward into God's gracious future for our lives. Amen? If you are in a wrestling match with God, it is a way forward. It is a way into a new thing. You will make it, but you will walk differently. I promise you.